Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the founder and host. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment. This segment is sponsored by Legacy Community Health. They're located in Houston, Texas and the surrounding areas. And today I'm going to be diving in to a deep conversation with one of their staff members. But I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her and then we're going to get this party started metaphorically speaking, y'all. So Sarah Nuanga is the lead project coordinator for the Rockwell Grant at Legacy Community Health, a premier full-service federally qualified health center with locations in the greater Houston area. Specifically, this project focuses on combating alarming high rates of STIs and HIV in Black women through social networking and intervention. Some examples, prep education. Currently, she is located at the Legacy Fifth Ward location on Lyons Avenue. And another amazing thing, she is from the DFW Metroplex area. Sarah fell in love with the city of Houston after completing her BS health specialization in health promotions at University of Houston. Go Cougs! In her free time, she enjoys going to concerts, trying new foods, and being an advocate for her community, which she's doing amazing work in and around her community. And she's also living it out through everyday life, not only at the at the work that she's doing, but also whenever she's inter, intersecting with various co- communications, various people, and et cetera. And you'll find a little bit more about that. So without further ado, let's welcome Sarah Nuanga. Thank you so much for having me here today, Genesis. I'm so excited to talk to y'all about what I've been working on. And also here at Legacy, um, we all we focus on HIV and STI prevention within my project, but we also have different services such as adult medicine, primary care, pediatric, um, vision, dental, behavioral health. And we also offer different types of classes for the community to help elevate their health, such as diabetes management, stress management, teen wellness. Uh, coffee classes for new mothers and we also host even baby showers for uh, mothers too wow so y'all have like a full gamut of various things that y'all offer not just focusing like you said on the stis and hiv but a full scope to help everybody in the community no matter what their walks of life is or their needs and let's dive into the history of legacy what birth legacy so four years ago the hiv crisis in houston looked a little different um, there was a lot of stigma in our community. Not a lot of people had access to resources to get tested or felt like the resources were safe and accessible to get tested or get treatment or um, just have these conversations within the community that are, you know, are there for people within the LGBT community. Um, a lot of people back then, if you were caught getting tested or your employer found out about your status, they could fire you. So we came in and asked like an additional support for people who needed these services in a very culturally sensitive manner. And why the name Legacy? Legacy because we want to leave an impact in our community. We legacy that we have um, is, you know, transcends into the lifestyles that we go out in the community 
and the connections that we make. Living your healthiest life is not done by yourself, it's done within your community. And that's why it's so important to network and to know these resources and share these resources because we are still standing here 40 years later after this crisis and working still to end this crisis alongside with managing other serious issues within our community. And that's amazing because people are going to be able to feel seen and heard and they won't have shame, guilt, or remorse from going out and just knowing their status and just getting the education. So now that's going to segue us into HIV and AIDS information because there are a lot of misnomers around it and some people really don't understand it. So let's talk about the methods of um, protection. And I know y'all believe in PrEP. So for anyone listening, tell them exactly what PrEP is. So PrEP is a preventative med medication that you take to uh, prevent HIV. It's super effective if used consistently and correctly. Um, and we're talking about like a 99% effectiveness rate. Um, for men, it takes about seven days to be fully protective if you take the pill. And then for women, it takes about 21 days because of the difference in the tissues. But it's also safe to use for women while pregnant, while breastfeeding, and during childbirth too. Um, HIV itself stands for human immunodeficiency virus. And it's a type of virus, which is a retrovirus. And what a retrovirus is, is when the virus enters your body, it's going to attach to the host cell and use the cell to replicate the virus. And then after it's replicated, the cell will then die off. And then those viruses will then attack other different types of, um, you know, your body cells. So with HIV specifically, it's going to be inserting itself into the viral, inserting itself into the white blood cells of um, the person. And then after, you know, it has been transmitted and that person is living with HIV, if the person does not immediately seek treatment or, you know, they're struggling to get care and it's not being properly managed, then it develops into an AIDS diagnosis, which stands for the acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. And this is not a specific disease. It's a collection of different types of diseases and how your body's able to fight off against those, um, you know, different attacks in your immune system. So, th so I like the fact that y'all are educating people about PrEP and while the stats that it takes seven days to get a male fully immune and then a little bit longer for the female based on her genetic makeup. So how long has PrEP been on the market and what are the costs for PrEP? So PrEP has been available in the U.S. for over 10 years. It's just not enough, not, not enough people know about it and not enough people are utilizing this resource. Um, HIV is spread through breast milk, uh, blood, needles and syringes, mother to child, and this medication can serve as a tool for people who have partners living with HIV or themselves are planning to get pregnant and they um, have a partner that's living with HIV. This can protect themselves. The, like women can use this medication to protect themselves and also their children. Mm, okay. And then whenever you think about HIV and AIDS, can you share how someone can be infected with HIV or AIDS? And then we're going to talk about the overview of the HIV trends in Houston. But I want to give some context for those listening in, because, you know, a long time ago, people would never want to talk about certain things until certain celebrities came out like, OK, I do have HIV. I've been living it for a long time. So a lot of people frowned up at certain people, but now y'all are here 
providing tools and resources to let people know, even though you have it, it's not a death sentence. So I want to talk about what's the difference between it and how they can be transmitted. So like I said before, there's different types of transmission that includes blood, semen, pre-ejaculate, vaginal fluids, non-sterile non injecting equipment such as needles and syringes, and then lastly, mother to child, which is through pregnancy, childbirth, or breastfeeding. Um, when we are talking about like how HIV is being transmitted from person to person, there's a lot of different ways, like I just mentioned there, but how to prevent it. Um, again, we have PrEP and then also access to care. When get to care for those that are living with HIV is really important because if you are to be consistent with your uh, medication, going to your doctor's appointment and making sure that your health is, you know, and your viral count is low, um, then you can have an undetectable status. And while that is not oftentimes um, talked about, but that is a reality that a lot of people are living with today. And so you can have a partner without having any fear of transmitting HIV and without the fear of your HIV diagnosis being, uh, you know, becoming an AIDS diagnosis. Mm, okay. And thank you for talking about the undetected part, because I know some people, they may be in a monogamous, monogamous relationship, but they're, but then they have that thought in their head where like, is my partner stepping out on me? And they want to make sure that they're protected too. So with taking prep and doing the proper things, then they won't have to worry about it being passed on to them, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's highlight some of the trends in Houston. So um, before, again, like I was saying, HIV was a really huge problem in Houston. And we did start seeing like trends go down. But as soon as the pandemic happened, we saw a really like increase of STIs and HIV in our community. So according to the ACU in 2020, over 28,000 people were living with, with HIV in Houston alone, and there was almost 1,000 people newly diagnosed with HIV. And the rate in, with HIV in Houston almost doubled compared to the state, regional, and national data. And if we're getting into the nitty gritty of the, like, the, new, the new diagnosis, uh, men who were assigned male at birth was about 84%. Uh, women were also 16.1%. Uh, black and brown Houstonians made up about 85.2% of people living with HIV. And by age demographics from 13 to 24, uh, 24 to 44 um, were the largest groups. And then, but with 13 to 24 making up over a quarter of the new diagnosis and with the 24 to 44 making up over half. And this data is being collected from 2020. So we're now moving into 23 now. 22 is now wrapping up here at this time. And with the traffic that we see coming in our clinic, these numbers have definitely increased and more young people are getting a new HIV diagnosis. So let me ask a question here, and it's going to be related to some statistics around this, uh, the metrics. And I know this mm -hmm. metric that you gave was from 2020. So mm -hmm. obviously the rest of the metrics is not um, collected yet or not sifted through. So what can pinpoint the numbers being high? Is it due to lockdown? Is it from college kids? Is it from just people just not knowing what to do that they just started, you know, um, getting their groove on? And 
I kind of want to like dive a little bit deeper to see like what caused this spike, because I know everything was shut down, but I'm sure there were some medical facilities open where people could still go get tested, but I'm sure they not just walk in, they would probably have to make an appointment. So they had the proper PPE and protocols in place to make sure that no one in the office was getting infected with COVID and correct me if I'm wrong there. So during a lockdown, you know, a lot of us transitioned to work from home, um, and that also happened here at Legacy. Um, coming back now, transitioning back into seeing patients and whatnot um, has been great. There has been more traffic coming into the clinic. During the pandemic, I'm not 100% sure if we had at-home testing available, but it is a service that we do have now and that is used now. Um, but yeah, during the pandemic, a lot of things were uh, going on. A lot of people started abusing substances more. We saw increases in like, you know, negative mental health, depression, anxiety. Um, STIs went up because, you know, when some people you're bored, <laughs> that's all that they do. Um, and this is also a time, you know, you see Tinder, you see Bumble, people, you know, mixing and you know, having a good time and buying closed doors, but not enough people were getting tested. And that could have, that could be accounted for the fact that um, COVID patients were made a priority. There was staff resources were being used to treat COVID patients. Nurses were being extremely overwhelmed. So the, the transition to um, having all these services to fighting the main problem right now, especially since there was such an influx of COVID patients across the country, um, really like kind of like you know push these rates up especially when we see clinicians or um, other people who work in hospitals or medical staff having to prioritize this certain problem and, and putting the other issues kind of on the back burner um, was definitely you know a problem a lot of people also lost their jobs they didn't have health insurance to go get tested or um, even just go to the doctor's visit to ask a couple questions to, to get prepped that's that's something, you know, a lot of people get their insurance through their jobs. And if they were to want prep during that time, it might have been hard for them to do if they didn't have like a good source of income. Mm, okay. And that's, and that's real. And I'm glad you talked about that because I could actually resonate and I'm going to be real here. I, I was working in oil and gas for a particular fortune 500 company and I was laid off in the pen in the pandemic, but luckily based on the government, this employer was forced to pay my insurance for a certain amount of time, which was like, woohoo, because I had stellar insurance y'all. <laughs> um, but let's talk about uh, black women and the trends around HIV because wow I wonder okay with black women are they getting it from exposure from their partner or the person that they've interacted with from needles or from any other means do y'all know the statistics behind that so this kind of ties get like flows right into what I'm working in in my project so um, the Rockwell Grant is called, the project itself is called Be Ready, which stands for Sexual Health Empowerment and Readiness for Black Women. Oh, wait. Um, Can you say that again? It's called She Ready? Yeah. It kind of sounds like T Tiffany Haddish. Almost, but don't don't get us copyrighted. <laughs> I had to stuff on there. Um, but yeah, it stands for Sexual Health Empowerment and Readiness for Black Women. Um, and so what this project is focusing on is addressing these high alarming rates of STIs and HIV through social networking and intervention because in Houston, black women are 19 times more likely to contract HIV compared to white women. 
and that statistic is ridiculous considered the amount of resource, resources and tools that we have available in the community, but there is gaps that we are seeing in reaching this priority population. So when we're talking about why this is happening, there's a lot of different reasons why. Um, we have lack of education in schools, K through 12, there's not really comprehensive sex ed available to students. It's uh, abstinence is more you know, taught and it is shown that abstinence-based education does not help with um, lowering rates of teen pregnancy, dating violence, and high rates of STI. Um, so I want to beg to differ here really quick, Sarah, if I can. So I wonder, is abstinence really being taught in K through 12 education? Because now we see at high schools, they have daycare. So it shows a mother like, okay, if you get pregnant and you have the baby, we'll take care of the baby while you go to, while you go to school. So it's kind of like a little bit of both in a sense, because back when I was in high school and I graduated in 09, y'all. We had sexual education and it was talking about the use of condoms, the use of diaphragms and all of this other stuff. I don't know what they're teaching now, but I almost wonder, okay, are they going in depth with sexual education like they used to in the 90s or have things gotten lax based on the societal norms that we're seeing in today's climate? So uh, going off my experience, um, I had from middle school and two times in high school, three experiences of sex ed. In middle school, uh, somebody came in and they basically preached abstinence the entire time, saying like, sex is bad, don't do it. And then in high school, when I had a sex ed, um, they did talk about using condoms, but they did not talk about, um, you know, they didn't elaborate on different types of birth control. They didn't talk about healthy relationships. It wasn't inclusive to LGBT um, students in my school. And while it was lacking all of those things, what was being prioritized? Abstinence. And um, so that is something that I noticed while I was in high school and I actually had a unique opportunity then to work with my director of public health to, to kind of create um, a comprehensive sex ed like plan and as a way to be like an advocate that this needs to happen now. And it was really an eye-opening experience for me that kind of led me into what I'm doing now. And I've always really just loved health and having those awkward conversations with people, but making them feel more comfortable at the end of the day. Okay, I love that. And now I could actually see why the Rockwell Project and the engagement opportunities that you're doing comes back full circle, because not only did you have a taste of it in high school, but you're also, you had a taste of it in college and now in adulthood in your career. And based on you being a um, Black woman and you working in the community, working in this field, what are some of the other things that Rockwell Project is bringing to the forefront, not only just in the community, but I want to see it in like bigger corporations where they feel like they could put this in their EHAP, so their employee health plan, where they could actually have a resource there where that individual doesn't have to feel shunned to talk about certain things, because there's a lot of companies that offer a ton of benefits, but are you offering benefits for everyone to really show that you're diverse, equitable, inclusive, and have a sense of belonging? Yeah, so what we've kind of been working on now, um, in, in previous HIV prevention media messaging, it's been very much catered towards white gay men, and especially since here in Houston, we're, we're seeing this, you know, these metrics with Black women, 
I'm researching, I'm trying to find stuff to create to, to you know, promote this um, idea of safe, safe sex, healthy relationship and prep to Black women. I'm like, I can't even find like one ad like or one video. So one thing that we're working on now is creating those flyers, posters, handouts, the giveaways that are specific for Black women, things that they love that would catch their eye and, and, and is being directed towards them in a way that is like their health is being communicated and it is prioritized. Like this is not just something for white men or gay men. This is something that is accessible for everybody, but we are putting forth the effort to make sure that you know that this is a resource that is safe for you to use. And it is here to protect you and not to instill fear about getting HIV or you know thinking that your partner is cheating. Um, another thing that we like to do is host um, different events like um, for sexual health empowerment, women's empowerment in the in the during Black History Month in February, we're going to have a Valentine's Day event, and there we're going to have a guided painting, you know, uh, have a live DJ for tutoring to um, HIV testing. It's going to be super fun, and and it's there to just to celebrate the love that we have for our community and our friends. Like, um, you know, the position that Black women are in our community is. We're the mothers, we're the caretakers, we're the leaders in the church, we're the hairstylists and nail salon artists. Um, we do everything and we talk to everybody, we connect everybody together. We're always sharing these resources. So we deserve a space to, to feel loved in our community, especially here in Houston, and, and have different um, opportunities to be educated on how to protect ourselves and share those within our community. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of different ways into how HIV affects uh, Black women specifically, and that also being cultural attitudes through, through like sex and dating. Um, and we see that there's like a lack of LGBT visib visibility for men. And, and because of that, there's a lot of negative stigma about, you know, being open about your status or being open about your sexuality. And so a lot of them will go outside in their relationships to, to find that, find that, um, solace and you know having like um relationship with men and then coming back home and seeing you have your family and your wife here and it gets a little complicated but these are just the things that are affecting um black women's health and it's really important for you know again black women need to take up for themselves and these resources are here to promote uh, your sexual health and wellness that legacy I love all the work that y'all are doing and I I love this upcoming event that y'all are having Galentine's y'all will have to send me an invite because I would love to pop up because that sounds amazing I was like oh charcuterie painting all this stuff but <laughs> another question I have is because in the Houston area Montrose they call that a dominant spot for the LGBTQIA+. Hopefully I got all the initials y'all <laughs> in there. Um, have y'all thought about like doing like any pop-up parties there to like kind of talk about like the status awareness and maybe doing like a health clinic there where people could just kind of walk up, get tested, and then you give them some resources or, you know, people in use that we love to eat, give them some food or whatever the case may be, just to bring that, knowledge to the forefront but then also have them cross-pollinate within the work that y'all are doing within the community not just around HIV and STIs or AIDS but about everything that y'all are doing in the community yeah so um we recently actually just had a a party for World AIDS Day at South Beach in Montrose 
Um, it was really successful. We, everybody had a great time there. Um, and we always like to do little fun things like that for World's AIDS Day. Um, I know during my World's AIDS Day, I worked with Change Happens Texas, which is um, an organization here in Third Ward in Houston. And it was super fun. Got to connect with a lot of different people in the community, too. Um, as for services that are easily accessible to get, like, HIV testing or um, pregnancy testing, syphilis testing, and um, counseling regarding, like, PrEP, uh, we actually do have a wellness bar that is walk-in and free on uh, Westheimer right next to our Montrose clinic. It's, like, not even five minutes away. And it's a really great resource um, for people, you know, who want to get tested on their lunch break, whether it's for HIV, syphilis, or just checking up on their status, um, wanting to learn more information about PrEP and the different resources that Legacy does have, not only in Montrose, but we have over 40 locations all over Houston and the greater area. So we are just there for the community and we always are trying to reach new um, different uh, circles and seeing how we can you know, elevate the health of Houston here. I love it. And audience, I want to say sex is not bad, but practicing safe sex is where it's at. And just knowing your status, because how can you have wealth if you don't have quality health? So take that into consideration. Your body is your temple and you need to be mindful of what you're putting in your body and how you're treating your body. Just like you take time to spend time on your cars, your nails, and all this other stuff, why not take time to invest in you? And Sarah, is there any other questions that I did not ask you that you want to share about legacy and the work that you're doing before we jump into the CTA, which is the call to action? Yeah, um, I don't have any questions, but I do just want to say PrEP is a tool for Black women. Um, we've talked a lot today about what HIV, what is happening in our communities, and the type of resources that legacy has. And so um, a legacy does offer prep at our locations um, and Beaumont, Montrose, and at our fifth ward location here where I work at. Um, and like I was saying before, prep has been available for 10 years, but it's ex extremely underutilized in our communities. Um, like uh, what I was saying before, um, there's approximately 500,000 black people who could benefit from PrEP, but only 7,000 prescriptions have been filled. So it's time to talk to our friends, our families and partners about getting on PrEP. It's extremely unsafe and effective to you with your birth control or during your pregnancy. Um, and it's time for us to take control over our sexual health. Um, PrEP is definitely something that is easily accessible here at our legacy locations. Uh, we have same-day PrEP services where you can come and get tested, see your provider, and walk out the door with your medication all in the same place. Yeah, so it's really great that this school is here because this is needed in our communities, and these conversations need to be happening in our communities. Yes, I love it. And y'all, one-stop shop at Legacy, they'll get you in and out and all the stuff that you need, and there's no shame in the game. Once again, know your status. You can be a healthy individual, but know your status, not just for you, but those that you're coming in connection with and your partner so you could have a long, sustainable lifestyle. And now let's jump into the CTA, our call to action. What is your call to action? Not just your personal call to action, but the call to action from Legacy Community Health. Um. We want to be here for our community. We don't want to start off with treatment. We want to start off with prevention and education. Um, there's a lot of people who've already started coming in to get tested, but it's so important to make sure that you're getting consistently tested before 
you you have relations with the new partner, if they're saying um, they, they don't want to show you their results or they have gotten tested, but they don't have it, shut it down. Tell them to go get tested with you. And then make sure when you see those results, you see the date, the type of test that they got, and the results on there. And make sure that it's accurate. Nobody should ever pressure you to have sex with them, um, regardless of you knowing their status or not. It's so important that, um, you know, you protect yourself because your body is your temple, you know? Like, everything that comes in can have an effect on you. And it's so important to be on top of your health. And we here at Legacy are a resource for you. If you're looking to get condoms or get on PrEP, we're definitely here for you. We have people walking all the time to come get condoms. And um, we even have an eligibility program that will can change your uh, services to sliding scales to make it way more affordable. And on top of that, our pharmacies also offer patient care assistance programs that will also drop the cost of your medication. So you can see your doctor here and get on PrEP for very, very cheap without it having to break the bank too much, which is great because you're prioritizing your health and you're able to afford it, which is something you could tell your friends. And we also have another opportunity within our social networking strategies is of recruiters for women in the community to come and bring their friends or people that they know need to come and get tested. And you can also get compensated for that. Um, and even though I'm here not preaching about HIV and, and what we do and how great we are, which we are great, um, you know, this is not a task that we can do by ourselves here at Legacy. We are open to the community's um, thoughts and opinions on this matter. We recently have had a focus group where we got a lot of really good insight from community community members, community members, sorry, Black women in the community, um, and how they felt about how they felt about being tested, how they felt about um, you know, the how health is marketed towards them, and then from that we gained a lot of insight about what we need to do, but it doesn't stop with there. We have also com a community action board that we're starting in which everybody in the community is open to join, um, regardless of your status, as long as you are a black woman. Um, but uh, we are here for women of all ages, backgrounds and sexualities. And um, we do not want to, you know, not be there for those who need to be there, who we need to be there for the most. I love it. So each one, reach one. Each one, help one. You're not alone when it comes to community. We're in this together collectively, um, no matter what your status is, and you shouldn't feel any shame. And for those of you that are in a marital relationship or a monogamous relationship, and you don't want want to feel like, oh, if I'm doing this, like, is my husband or is my partner going to think of me differently? Do they think that I don't trust them? You could always, you know, get all of this blood work done too at your annual that you do yearly. And Sarah, how can the audience connect with you as well as Legacy? What are your, uh, what's your website and what are your social handles? Um, we currently are working on creating a social media for the project itself. So hopefully to launch that um, in 2023, but um, you could always check us out on legacycommunityhealth.org about the different resources we have. We have a, a, a page um, within the page talking a lot about HIV and PrEP too, and also about the different types of classes that we offer in the community. Um, if you're interested in being a part of our project, I'll definitely share my um, email with Genesis. 
And we'd love to see you come in and get tested and bring your friends to come and get tested. The test takes literally less than five minutes and it's free. We're here Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. We are here for you. We want to get this done and make sure that, um, you know, this crisis doesn't have to be a continuing crisis. We can, we can put a stop to it. And there you have it, folks. You just heard Sarah Naganga with Legacy Community Health. Once again, they are located in Houston, Texas and the surrounding areas. And she works at their fifth ward location on Lions Avenue. So if you want to meet her in person, you want to know your status, get tested and grab your friends, grab your homies, your girlfriends, your bros or whatnot, and roll on by. They do have a program where they pay you for bringing in people. So there's an incentive to get your status, know your status, and get your friends, stat your friends to know their status too. So until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms and the video is on YouTube. All you have to do is go to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, we want you to prioritize your health because you matter. So get on up, get off your couch, get out your car, and get on over to Legacy Community Health. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.